Hey, this is Taylor McCaffrey. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Do me a favor, share this podcast with other people. We thank God that this podcast has been reaching many different nations of the world. And also, if you haven't already, I want you to pray about partnering with us every month as we continue to preach the gospel and go after the harvest of souls. And we also feed hungry people with Feed the Hungry every single month. So if you'd like to be a part of that with us, our website is faithandfire.de. You can go to that website. All the giving information is there. And when you partner with us, a portion of your seed goes to helping feed the hungry. And obviously, as we continue to do live meetings and preach the gospel, you're a part with us of every single soul that's one into the kingdom. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the podcast on audio, watching on YouTube, however you're listening. Um, go with me to James chapter one. I'm going to put this into your spirit today. It's going to bless you and help you. Um, it's, it's a vital key to, to grow in faith. And one of the ways that we grow in faith is through patience, through endurance. That word that a lot of, a lot of people don't like, um, myself included, you know, I, I don't, uh, I'm growing in patience as many of us are, but what is, what helps us to be motivated to grow in patience? Like there's positive aspects of patience, but one of the things that patience does, endurance, whatever whatever word you want to use, endurance, patience, basically the same thing. But the important thing about endurance in your faith is not just to stand there and be a punching bag for the problems of life. That's not patience because God has given us his word to be productive and effective in the good fight of faith. It's a good fight because we win. So what does it mean to be to have endurance in your faith? It means that when you're standing in faith for, for something in God's word, you're immovable until you see that thing come to pass. You're convinced that what he said will happen, uh, you're, you're going to stand for it. You're convinced that it's already a done deal because you believe God for it. And no amount of circumstances and the negative natural stuff uh, can discourage you or get your focus away from what God said. You're convinced, and that's it. So whether you stand for two weeks, two months, two years, whatever the case is, you're ready to stand for the long haul. That's really the point that I'm making with that. And it doesn't... It doesn't have any effect on you one way or the other because you trust God. How do you get there? How do you how do you stand like that? James chapter 1 and verse 2. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Interesting. So the Bible says that we should consider troubles of any kind, an opportunity for great joy. It seems like a contradiction in terms, but it's not. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. The main thing that happens whenever you start to feel weary, as you stand in faith, and you struggle with that patience, it's an attack against your, your endurance, because joy brings strength. Strength is what helps you stand. 
So we should count it as an opportunity for great joy when these troubles come. Verse 3, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So your endurance has to grow. Your patience has to develop. The only way for that to happen is for you to count it as an opportunity for great joy. Okay? Verse 4, so let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. So your endurance can be fully developed. That means you you allow the Word of God to have its full effect in your spirit. You allow the Word of God to get in your spirit, you speak it out of your mouth, and you allow it to have its full effect. And then the Bible says, when you allow your endurance to be fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. And it goes further in verse 5, If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and He will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But, but when you ask Him, be f- sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver. That's a big deal. Do not waver. When you're, when you're standing for something for a, for a little while, that wavering, God takes it as unbelief. That wavering is what you want to avoid. It's what you want to uh, not have happen. How do you not waver? How do you refuse to waver? Well, it goes all the way back into consider it all joy. Why do you consider it joy? Because you understand that the problems wouldn't be there if your faith wasn't working anyway. The problems wouldn't be coming if there wasn't a level of faith to be challenged. If there wasn't something from God that you were uh, that you were holding on to and that you were standing for, faith pleases God. And when we stand in faith, we won't be denied because His word never fails. You understand? So the time it takes from the moment you believe God for something until you see it come to pass. Um, you know, we would all like to see things happen quickly. I understand that. And sometimes things do happen quickly, but the amount of time it takes is not our responsibility. It's not our problem. Our, our responsibility is to believe God. Our responsibility is to be unshakable, immovable. That can only help uh, come as we trust in the Holy Spirit, and as we count it all joy when the problems come, you're believing God for uh, whatever, fill in the blank, and then a trouble comes that wants to tell you that whatever you're believing God for, it's not going to happen. You count it joy. You say, <laughs> no, uh, that's not in the Bible or, you know, whatever. No, that's not what God has spoken to me. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be just as God spoke it to me. What did Abraham do? Whenever God told him, I'll make you the father of many nations, he's old. When you get old, um, certain things don't work the same way they used to when you were young. Doesn't mean you have to have bad health necessarily. But when it comes to, to bearing children, creating babies, things don't work the same when you're old that they do when you're young in that sense. So when God told him that, he was like, um, the Bible says he considered his body, so he thought about it, 
And he went, um, I'm, I'm an old man. And then he, the, the Bible says he considered it not. So he decided, you know what? Here's the things in the natural that are real. They're real issues. But here's what God said. So, yeah, I consider what, what uh, the reality of the situation, my body being old, but I don't care because this is what God said. That's, that's literally what happened. It said he considered his body, and then he considered it not. So you, you considering the natural circumstances of what you're believing God for, you noticing a problem is not a big deal, but how do you respond to it? How you respond to adversity matters. It's, it, it's important. And so when it says you count it all joy, that's how you should respond. Don't, don't let it affect you at all. Don't let it have any influence in your decision to believe God. Because ultimately, it's not up to us to bring it to pass. God's the one that said it. So the pressure's not on us. The pressure's on Him. All we have to do is believe. Lord, you said this, so I'm going to count it joy. You said this, and this problem came up. I'm going to count it joy. Because I'm going to, I'm going to take it as a sign that I'm doing exactly what you want me to do. Because if, if I'm doing exactly what you want me to do, there's going to be, you know, sometimes all hell breaks loose whenever you're trying to obey God. I'm not saying it always happens or that it has to happen, but sometimes it does. So don't take the all hell breaking loose as a sign that you might be missing God. You could be, but it's up to you to have that confidence in your spirit that you've heard God. And once you've heard God, when you know, when you know that you know that you know that you've heard God about something and you're standing on his word, you know, you could use this in the sense of the, of the written word, the Bible, you know, and you can also use it in the sense of the spoken word. Whenever God speaks into your spirit about a certain thing, when he speaks into your spirit, you can take that before him. <clears throat> Father, you said, you, you spoke to me on this day, and this is what you said. And I thank you. I don't have the ability to bring it to pass in my own strength, so I trust you. The Bible says that we rely on his strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. So that's why it says to count it all joy. Verse 5, if you need wisdom, ask God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking, but when you ask, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver. Why shouldn't you waver? Here's the thing. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from God. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything that they do. You don't want to be a person who's unstable in everything you do. And the way that you get there is to waver. But the way that you avoid that if you want to be stable, if you want the opposite, if you want to be stable in everything that you do, how do you become stable in your faith, in everything that you believe God for? How do you be 100% stable in these things? Well, go back to you count it all joy, and then when you ask God for wisdom, uh, be sure that your faith is in Him. Do not waver. Um. 
go with me to Psalm chapter 1. This ties into it. Psalm chapter 1, what does the Bible say? Now, you can apply this to every area of life, what I'm about to read. So whatever you're believing God for, whatever you're standing in faith for, endurance and patience is one of the major keys to to always um, receiving in the natural what you're believing God for spiritually. Because faith is spiritual. So you pull things out of the realm of the Spirit into the natural like this. You understand? And the longer that you... The longer that you stand, before I read Psalm 1, sorry, but this is also important. Go with me to Ephesians 6, and then I'll go to Psalm 1 after that. Ephesians 6, okay, verse 10, talking about the armor of God. A final word, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. So you're relying on His strength. You're not relying on your own strength. Okay, that's important. Okay, you refusing to waver and you um, you standing and enduring. Like I said, it's not just you being life's punching bag that when the problems come, you just take it and take it and take it. No, there is an offensive. There is an offensive fight to faith. It's not just you taking crap from this world and um, and calling it endurance. It's you. Joy is an aggressive weapon of the spirit. You understand. Joy is like the uppercut to the to the spirit of this world and to the devil from the Holy Ghost. I want you to remember that. There are offensive weapons as much as there is defensive weapons. Faith is aggressive. Joy is an aggressive weapon. In the natural, it would be like a tank. Not much can stop a tank. A tank can blow through pretty much anything. And then whenever it shoots the cannonballs, you know, it destroys a lot of stuff very quickly. Joy's the same way with the, in the realm of the spirit with the demonic. Anything that would be standing in your, in your path trying to hinder you from being obedient to what God's called you to do, that joy destroys it. It keeps you strong. Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities in the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, therefore put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing strong. So this is all tying into endurance. This is telling you exactly how to, how to um, endure in a way that you are still progressing in the midst of endurance. Endurance doesn't mean you're standing still and there's no progress being made. Endurance means that you trust God. He's, he, by His grace and strength and His supernatural uh, abilities, you stand firm on His Word and you refuse to waver, but He is also, by that same grace, progressing you in that process. So you're still making progress. Can you say amen? Um, so f- verse 14, Ephesians six fourteen. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth, which would be God's Word, and the body armor of God's righteousness 
So what does body armor do? It, it, it covers you. It protects you. Think about a bulletproof vest, but all over your entire body. Okay? Bulletproof vest stops, stops bullets. Bullets are important to be stopped, otherwise you're going to die. Um, put on God's righteousness. Uh, verse 15, for shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. If you can be fully prepared, you can be not prepared. So it's important that we be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith. Okay? Talking about faith. That's what this whole episode is about. Endurance in faith. Standing your ground in faith. And let me just add this. It's not like running on a treadmill or or running a marathon. Because... You, you you can you can feel weak and lose your breath and be breathing hard and you know look like you're about to pass out. That's not the way to do it. We trust in the power of the Holy Ghost. You can have you can have what seems to be effortless victories every on every single faith project that you stand for by the grace of God. It comes from the help of the Holy Ghost and from you stirring up that joy that the Bible talks about. For she has put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet. A helmet's important to protect your head. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So you have all these weapons at your disposal. You, can, you should be using the weapons as you're standing. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. So all these things are important for, in, for faith and endurance. If you want to stand for the long term and uh, see, God, see God fulfill everything that He speaks to you and, and learn how to stand on His Word and never be... Never be uh, it's not just not giving up or refusing, refusing to waver. It's, it's actually seeing the manifestation of the thing that the Bible says you can have. Seeing it accelerated in your life. Part of that is through fasting and prayer. But that's not a podcast on that right now. Psalm chapter 1. I didn't forget about it. Verse 1. Oh, the joys, there's that word joy again, of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. Very important verse of scripture. It's very you make it harder on yourself to stand in faith and endurance if you surround yourself with people that are always talking negative, that are always talking about the perspective of this world. Oh, can you, can you believe this economy? You know, um, I can't wait until we have a different politician, a different president. Uh, somebody different in charge so that hopefully this economy changes. But what can you do? That's t- that's the talk of losers. That's the talk of people that live in unbelief, live according to this world. We're in this world. We're not of this world. So if you want to have strong endurance while you stand in faith and see see the fulfillment of everything that you believe God for, 
and see things accelerate. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. But what do they do? Verse 2, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. They prosper in all they do. So if you're not seeing prosperity in all you do, there's a problem. As a child of God, you should be seeing prosperity in everything that that you do. And what you do should be what God's spoken to you to do, whatever he's called you to do. Production matters. Just being busy um, is really a waste of time. It's a waste of energy. Being productive. What are you producing? Jesus has called us as Christians to produce much fruit. And he has also, according to James chapter 1, called us to stand in, in, in holy endurance. In our faith. Why, why is endurance important? Let me read it to you again. Tying all this together. So let your patience grow. For when your patience is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. So it's not just praying for your needs to be met and then waiting and hoping God comes through. It's being persistent in obeying God. Because if you're not found, you know, if you quit obeying God and allow circumstances in the natural, you know, you blame the circumstances. God, I wanted to obey you, but, you know, the finances didn't come in for this. You know, do what you have to do. You trust God. You, you never stop tithing. You never stop giving into the gospel. That's, that's the thing that God has ordained for your advancement, for your uh, increase, and for your finances, your personal finances, to be blessed and multiply. He ordained the tithe and, and the different types of offerings, the different types of giving into the gospel. He ordained those things to be the thing that causes your finances to be untouchable from any devil. To be the thing that causes uh, your personal life to be blessed. Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. And so he has to find you being productive in the thing that he called you to do, whatever that is. Whether you're just working a normal job or whatever. Stay-at-home parent. People are called to do different things. But the thing that helps you to, to stand patiently in faith and still make progress in, while you're standing in faith for something is the joy of the Lord, which is your strength. You never have to have a weak faith. Uh, a weekday in your faith. You never have to have a weekday in your faith. It's not scriptural. If you feel weak in your faith, you need more joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. It makes sense, right? Pretty practical. Um, but when it comes to when it comes to the things that you're standing in faith for, if you're standing in faith for finances, it's not enough just to just to you know, hold on and endure, you have to give. If, if my wife and I stop tithing and giving, but we still, we still 
quoted the, the scriptures on giving. We still thanked God and we still, you know, prayed every single day. Um, prayer is good, but when it comes to, to uh, financial increase, when it comes to, okay, let's take it down even smaller than just financial increase. Just having your needs met, which is what, for some reason, most Christians are obsessed with just, oh, as long as my needs are getting met, that's all I care about. Since you're so obsessed with that, let's just use that example. Your needs being met. Guess what? If you, if, let's say you work a job, you get a paycheck, that paycheck barely covers your bills and allows you to eat, and you actually end up going into the red every month because it's not enough. What could take that from not being enough, which doesn't make sense in the natural, but it's supernatural how God works, is you actually use your faith and you tithe and give into the gospel. And you say, Father, I thank you that you're our source. This job that I work is not our source. I'm glad for it because you called me to work, but it's not our source. So I acknowledge you as our source, and I thank you that the Bible says that when I tithe, you open the windows of heaven and, and pour out a blessing so great we don't have room enough to take it in. And then you take it a step further and you, and you sow, a, sow a seed into a gospel preaching ministry. That's, that's an offering. And you, at that point, you give whatever you're led by the Spirit to give. And you attach your faith to that seed. You say, Father, I thank you for increase in our finances, increase in our lives. That lets God know beyond just your prayers. When you obey him in giving, that lets him know how serious you are. I hope that helps somebody. Because financial financial things, uh, some people have been taught well, and they know this stuff, but a lot of people haven't. Financial things are one of the biggest areas where people lack endurance in their faith, where they lack patience in believing God. My wife and I, if we stopped tithing and giving, and we were still praying and confessing the word and all that, the blessing of the Lord would, would stop in our lives, not because he doesn't love us, but because we stopped doing our part. You understand? So I'm not telling you, I'm not teaching you something that we don't do. I'm teaching you how to access the blessing of God that has already been provided. But there's a specific way to access it. And the same is true in any area where you're standing in faith. If you stop giving because, oh, well, we, we just have to, we have to withhold right now because things are tight. Well, you just, you just let God know that you don't trust him. You let God know that um yeah that you don't trust him it doesn't mean you can't trust him it means you have to see by his word and make up your mind that come hell or high water i don't care what happens i'm going to believe his word and i'm going to be a doer of it and not a hearer only giving god god ordained giving and tithing for the benefit of the believer he doesn't need our money in heaven. He blessed us by ordaining this is the way to connect our finances to his economy. 
I hope that helps somebody. You could use this in the realm of healing, you know, when you stand in faith for healing. When you stand in faith for whatever. Endurance is important. Patience is important. The joy of the Lord is your strength. I hope I'm making this clear to people. You have to get all ideas, going back to Psalm chapter 1, you have to get rid of all the religious ideas that um, there's down seasons or dry seasons or whatever. Those are all religious excuses to not to not have productive, proactive faith that actually produces results every single day of every single month, of every single year. I'm going to read it again, Psalm 1. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with the mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Not just spiritual fruit. Fruit in every area of your lives. Bear fruit in each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. You should say it out loud wherever you're listening from. I prosper in all I do by the grace of God. So if you believe that you prosper in everything that you do, that should give you a confidence moving forward and put a, put a fight back into your spirit, man, that, that no matter what comes against you, no matter what trouble comes, you refuse to waver off of what God spoke to you. If everything in the natural looks the opposite of what God said, you refuse to waver. You go to war against that unbelief. You go to war against um, the temptation to grow weary. Galatians chapter 6, and then I'll bring this to a close and leave you alone until tomorrow. Galatians chapter 6. Um, Verse... 7. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. I'm going to say that again. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. So when it's taken a long time, you don't grow weary. You will always harvest what you plant. You will always harvest what you plant. Verse 9. I'm going to skip down to verse 9. So let's not get tired of what of doing what is good. Never get tired of doing what pleases God. Never get tired of praying. Never get tired of giving or tithing. Never get tired of, of, of speaking His Word, confessing Scripture. Never get tired of rejoicing and praising God. Never get tired of doing what is good. Why shouldn't you get tired? Because at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. So our ability to receive from God what we're believing Him for is in our power. 
It's in our decision to refuse to give up. How do you refuse to give up? Again, the joy of the Lord is your strength. If you feel tempted to give up, laugh. It'll confuse the devil. Verse 19, Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. Now, as I bring this to a close, I want to put this last thing into your spirit on this issue. I hope this is helping people today. It's powerful. What, what you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. It's the law of sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping is not just in finances. It includes finances, but it's in every area of life. If you walk up to somebody right now and cuss them out and get ticked off and throw something at them, whatever the case is, you're going you're gonna to reap anger from them, and rightfully so. But if you sow, you know, kind words, encouragement, whatever the case is, you're going to reap a smile or, or whatever. And so what am I saying? What you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. So if you're believing God for whatever, if you're believing Him for a raise at your job, sow a seed to a, to a ministry that preaches the gospel and, and attach your faith to that seed, say, God, with this seed, I'm believing you for a raise at my job, a promotion at my job. You said in your word, given it will be given unto me, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Will men give unto me? You attach the scriptures to your faith. That's where faith comes from. You bring God's word back to him. And when you and when you give with that with your faith attached to it, God takes notice and he says, Okay, you got a deal. And um you refuse to grow weary in doing good. Will the harvest come back immediately? The moment that you give with faith attached, whatever you're believing God for immediately starts to come to you. Now, whether or not it manifests immediately, like, nobody can guarantee that. The time it takes to see the, the breakthrough or the answer or the manifestation, that's not our problem. Because the Bible says, He is the Lord of the harvest. We have seed and then time and then harvest. So you should thank God for your harvest every time you sow. Thank Him for the harvest because the harvest is up to Him. But if you, if you, if you live in the realm of, of nonstop sowing, I'm not just talking about financially, but it's included in there. If you decide, I'm going to sow the Word of God, I'm going to speak the Word of God for five, ten minutes every single day. I'm going to confess God's Word every single day. I'm going to uh, sow financially in some way every single day. I'm going to buy, I'm going to, you know, when it says take care of those of a household of faith, they're talking about other Christians. Other Christians should be your priority in life. I'm not saying other people don't matter. I'm not saying don't win souls. Don't take me out of context. Souls matter. Lost people matter. But it says be sure to do good to everyone, and especially to those of the household of faith. So Christians should come first when you, when you consider blessing people. 
your local church, the people in your local church, let me put it like that, people that you know, people that you're aware that they are Christians, that you're close to, they should be, they should be your first consideration when it comes to who to bless. Now let the Holy Ghost lead you, because you can bless anybody that God speaks to you to bless. I think, I think you get my point with that. And so, you make up your mind every single day or every single week, you know, on this day, I'm going to bless somebody with, you know, 20 bucks, whatever the case is. I'm going to buy somebody lunch. I'm going to buy somebody coffee every single day. And when you do that, the Bible says, as you give, it will be given back to you. You're sowing seed. Do you see what I'm saying? You could sow seeds by... by now, this doesn't replace the tithe or financial giving, but it's also a form of sowing seed, okay? The example that I'm about to give. If you, if you go and volunteer in your church or you go and, uh, you know, mow the lawn, mow somebody's lawn or do, do housework for somebody to be nice. In other words, you're not getting paid for it. You're doing it as a, as a service. You're just... You're, you're, you're wanting to serve somebody, bless somebody, okay? That's sowing seed. It's a form of sowing seed. Everything that you do, everything that you say, and even in giving in your finances, it's a form of sowing seed. So the point is, back to verse 7, don't be misled, you cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. So if you want to harvest good things, if you want to harvest... um you know, just good things, then you sow good things. Kindness, all those things, the people, the, the things that people are comfortable with sowing. But when it comes to your finances, if you want to see bigger seed, then you have to sow bigger. If you want to see increase, sow for the level you want to get to. My wife and I are doing that currently. By the grace of God, we're going to have bigger seed to sow. The Bible says he gives seed to the sower and he multiplies multiplies your resources for giving. God is the original giver, and as his children, we should be reflections of him and be givers also in every single realm. Praise God. So endure in the faith. Stand strong in your faith. Do not waver, because whatever God has spoken to you, it will come to pass. I want to come to, into agreement with you in that regard as I close this episode. I know it's been a little bit a little bit more <clears throat> lengthy than other episodes, but it's been powerful. I want to come into agreement with you, so just lift your hands and let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for every single person listening. I pray for those who have felt weak in their faith, who have felt, you know, maybe this message has been a little bit of a rebuke to them. It's shown them how they've missed it. But Father, help them to get back on track from this moment. In the name of Jesus, I speak strength into their physical body. I speak strength into their spirit, man. From this moment forward, let them stand strong in their faith. Let your joy return back into their spirit, the joy of your salvation. Let joy from the Holy Spirit bubble up out of them even now. Refresh them with fresh fire and fresh joy from the Holy Spirit. Put the wind of the Spirit back into their spiritual sails 
so that they never feel weary in doing good again. And if they're tempted to grow weary, Father, let this joy bubble up out of them every single time they're tempted to feel weary in doing good. I thank you, Father, for the harvest in their life, for the seeds that they've sown, financially and every other way. In Jesus' mighty name, I thank you, Father, that your word never fails. May they be more convinced now than ever of what you've spoken to them. May they stand stronger in faith. And I pray, Father, that you would accelerate the fulfillment of the things that you've spoken to them in their lives and give them specific wisdom and instructions. If there's something that they need to do to see the acceleration of what you've spoken to them come to pass, I thank you for it right now in the name of Jesus. Let the spirit of wisdom and revelation be on the inside of their spirit. Illuminate to them. What do you have for them to do? In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you for it. Amen. I pray that this episode has blessed you today. Be sure to share the podcast with somebody else who it will bless. If you're watching on YouTube, please share it and uh, help me grow my channel. I love you guys so much, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Be blessed.